What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Valkyrie Podcast. I'm your host, AOB, and today we have a very special guest with us, Mr. Zombrira, or he would prefer to be called as Bry, one of our Valkyrie uh, Super Smash Brothers players. Welcome on, Bry. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, it's it's a wonderful Tuesday evening here. No, it's been a lot of raining uh, over on my side. And I'm just glad it was the first sunny day in like a week. Jeez, yeah, lucky you. <laughs> I, we got hit with a snowstorm here in northern Michigan, and now it's sunny, but the snow wasn't exactly the most fun part that have hit us. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. it's It's been insane. Like, I've needed to cut the grass for like three weeks already, and I haven't been able to because my tires have been flat. So I ordered two new tires and I finally was able to put them on today and then go cut the grass. So I got, you know, to do my, my dad things, put on my, you know, my jean shorts and my, what, new balances and went out and cut the grass. Yeah, go out there, <laughs> show the dad bob off, you know, mowing the yeah, grass. Maybe get that... angry at a kid that comes to it, you know, get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> that first new cut of spring where you get to like pull the tarp off the, the mower and everything. <laughs> But anyways, before before we get too further into this, we would like to go ahead and mention our good buddies and partners and sponsors over at GamerSubs, which is this little logo right here. One of the top, if not, you know, my favorite anyway, the top energy supplement brands out there marketed, especially towards gamers. Make sure you guys head on over to GamerSubs.gg, pick you up a waifu cup or pick you up some of their GG formula as well. They do have a starter pack as well as some free samples. If you want that, make sure you use code Valkyrie at the checkout so you guys can get 10% off your entire order. But, Brian, like like we mentioned, you are one of our... I think you were the very first Smash player that this org has ever picked up. So, congratulations. That's a very big title for you to hold. <laughs> yeah, actually, uh, that's super exciting. Um, You know, it's always cool to see different organizations jump into a new game, a new scene, and, you know try to help players, you know, do even better and go farther than, you know. And it's also nice to see uh, organizations step out of their bounds of comfortability to experiment with a different scene, see how it is. And I'm very happy that Valkyrie was willing to jump into the Smash scene with me as well as the other player with uh, Fizz Khalifa, you know. He's also an amazing player, and it's cool that both of us are actually on the same team again, which is super cool. He's an awesome guy, so I, I think it's so cool that we're back together and you know, representing Valkyrie. I didn't realize that you and Fizz had teamed up before. That's actually really cool. Yeah, actually, uh, with uh, Tyler, um, mm -hmm. the previous uh, sponsor that I was underneath, uh, me and Fizz got picked up both by them through talking with Tyler. So, <laughs> so yeah, it's actually really cool to see some familiar faces here. Oh, yeah, and trust me, Tyler was uh, vouching hard for Smash, like, constantly. As soon as he got on as uh, esports director, he was chipping away at Zach because you know obviously it's it's unknown territory, so it was really kind of weird for them to like make the leap and finally Tyler got him to crack a little bit and Zach was like, "All right, we'll try it and we'll see how it goes." And then here we are, Ben, and you've you're coming off what at least one or two wins, right? Or one win and then like a second place. Ex yep, exactly. Uh, so my first week, I would say, like going to tournaments, not first week under Valkyrie, but the first week attending events under Valkyrie started down at Michigan State University with the Spartan Weekly down there. 
Uh, I really wanted to push getting out there, uh, especially within the same week that I was announced because I really wanted to debut. So I made an extra effort to drive down the Lansing from Traverse City, which is like about a three hour drive almost. And uh, went down there and got fourth for the first time uh, going to one of their weeklies. So that was super awesome. Then I picked up a win at Central Michigan University. So woo right there, Valkyrie victory. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then a nice second place over at Great Lake Smash, which is a, a big accomplishment for me personally, because I've been going to that event specifically before it was called Great Lake Smash. It was called Tri-City Tri-Hard. Mm-hmm. And I attended that event all the time before I you know, started traveling to bigger events. And uh, the closest I've ever gotten to grand finals was a third place back in 2019. So I've been wanting to get a win there and even just a grand finals, you know, for the longest time. So that was an amazing achievement for myself. I wish I could have pulled the dub there, but, you know, Michigan's dummy when it comes to Smash. There's so many talent here. (laughs) Hey, listen, I was watching. I actually thought you had won it at one point. I don't know. Like, we were watching. I got distracted by something. I looked back and, like, I think somebody would hit a power move. And I was like, Oh, he won. That's it. And then, like, it showed the Luigi had won. I was like, "Wait, what?" I got so confused, and we were, like, we were so heartbroken when when it turned out it was. I was like, "Nah." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. No, I was able to pull a bracket reset on him. Yeah. So with Smash, uh, it's a double elimination bracket, and the person from losers finals will go against the grands, and that's how. I did it, and I was able to reset the bracket against uh, Porter, which is the Luigi player that I went against specifically. And, uh, yeah, he was a tough opponent. I I already struggled with Luigi really hard, so going against him, who had very good neutral understanding and was just picking apart some of my habits, it just... He frustrated me, for sure. Like, it's been a while since I've gotten that frustrated, but... It's a good kind of frustration because I'm super excited. <laughs> I'm sorry if you hear my dog in the background. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm super, I'm super excited for how that went though because I, I'm starting to prove myself to be consistently, you know, placing in that top bracket spot and being able to prove that I have the skills and the ability to reach those points. And just, you know, I'm happy to be able to do it alongside Valkyrie. Gotcha. And we appreciate it, man. Uh, we, we were very proud of you. We were cheering alongside like i said we had a little watch party going on with staff and everybody was kind of cheering you on getting clips we were in chat as well so it, it, it yeah it, actually uh central michigan uh they specifically mentioned like geez every time you're coming on stream we like increase like a good six seven viewers <laughs> and i was like yep uh that's my new sponsor all cheering me on which is super awesome i really like the support that i've been getting from all y'all it's been really heartwarming i would say yeah, if I had to say, like, the the big thing that I, I've always noticed with Valkyrie is the support system and how when, like, somebody's on camera or somebody's up to bat or something, we're always there for them, and it was, it's, it's been a lot of fun. But I do have some questions to kind of hop in. So um, you are Ultimate, right? You're Super Smash Ultimate? Is that, did I get that yeah. right? Okay. Yep. Specifically so, ultimate. Why just now? Have you done melee and ultimate before, or is it? Have you always been just ultimate? Uh, actually, so I've been playing Smash Brothers since 2014, later 2014. Uh, basically around when Smash Four back on the Wii U and 3DS came out. Mm-hmm. So 
back then, you know, Smash 4 wasn't as big as Melee, so during that time period, I actually did play both Melee and Smash 4, and Melee was actually my primary game more so at the time because i actually did better at that game actually placing at some uh decently bigger events in northern michigan placing like top three top two consistently for that game but uh when ultimate came out there was just the game combined aspects that i really liked with melee as well as it kept aspects from smash 4 that i really enjoyed as well so when that game came out and I played it some more. I really just wanted to dive into that game exclusively because it, I felt like I could push myself farther with that. And, you know, after a good sum of time, it took a little bit, especially with quarantine that came around that kind of delayed me yeah. because uh, playing on Wi-Fi with Smash, like uh, <laughs> Nintendo just does not have the best internet service. So it's like playing Wi-Fi is like a whole different game from offline. So I kind of avoided that as a little bit you know i did some different events some that were you know from friends that hosted events back here and you know but otherwise i kind of just stuck to practicing my own training room stuff and then out in colorado when i was going to college is where i would say uh ultimate is where it really picked up for me where i truly like actually had like good wins starting to come up good placements uh i started getting wins on the uh power ranked players out there and I was actually eventually able to secure an honorable mention for uh, the 2022 quarter four PR, which was the first time I've ever been on a state PR in any sort of fashion. So that was like a big fucking goal for me to reach. <laughs> and uh, now I'm here still basically doing the same thing, going kicking ass and <laughs> getting more names <laughs> under my belt. So <laughs> Heck yeah, man. And you can tell like how much you want it and how passionate you are. Cause you can like you can see it on your face. I know, like in the moment you were upset, but like afterwards, I know for a fact you you like you said you were very excited with the second place still. But you you can see just how much it means to you. And and I like me personally, I love that in a competitor, somebody that doesn't just you know like always people are like oh it's just it's just a game, but with a winner's mentality, that passion, that yearn, that drive to win always has to be there if you want to perform on a, on a higher level. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are correct. Yes, it is just a game, but when you're competing at a competitive level, especially when there's, you know, much on the line, like, you know, bigger events have pretty decent sized cash pools out there. And like when you're trying to compete and you know, you're at that level where you could potentially reach that prize. It becomes more than just the game itself. There's a drive to want to reach that point. And also, you know, I, with this game, I'm just very passionate about it because I love the community and I love the game itself. I think it's so much fun. And I just, I continuously just want to get better at the game. That's my main goal and always been my goal is to improve myself and improve the people around me. Gotcha. That has always been my goal first and foremost. And it's never going to change, you know? The money is basically like, hey, there's a cherry on top of this someday for you. You know, right. that's cool. But at the end of the day, I love seeing the drive people have, you know, like you were mentioning. You know, I get very emotional while I'm playing the game because I, I'm passionate. I love the drive with comp competition. And when I meet competitors that challenge me in different ways, in different areas, you know, I might get frustrated in the moment, but it's exciting because there, that means there's more for me to learn. There's more that I can focus on, more that I can do. 
Like if I was just winning constantly over and over again, then what is there for me to work on and continue to improve on? So the fact that this region, this scene here in Michigan just keeps pushing me, it's awesome. It's absolutely awesome. Um, I totally had a brain fart just now. I had another question lined up. Oh yeah. So I know you had mentioned the training room and everything like that. Um, now is that the only thing you do or do you do like VOD reviews? Do you get like clips of your matches and then go back and analyze them and stuff like that as well? Kind of walk me through your training process. Oh yeah. So, um, so when it comes to like the training room stuff I was mentioning, I figure I'll start there. I usually try to practice my movement. That's the biggest thing I look look for in any fighting game because uh i i just love movement like i love how you can control a character how they go around different areas like that's why i'm very huge in the platforming games like mario and sonic and all those because i love just moving characters around and if the movement's awesome i'm gonna enjoy the game and that's what gravitated me specifically towards my main in this game with yoshi because that character just if you watch how i play him he's moving all over the stage just flying around like nothing <laughs> and it's just it's to me that's just so much fun but that movement also comes with having to be precise because mm-hmm. there's a lot of stuff that i'm doing that's like you know with smashers like different text like called b reversing doing different minute details in the set spacing that is so different from other fighting games that requires different thought processes that i i want to make sure that I can focus more on those neutral aspects. So I always try to make sure my movement and all my tech skill is 100% on spot. So I take time at least, you know, a couple times out of the week to just practice my movement, practice certain combos that are 100% guaranteed on every character and make sure that basic level stuff is just locked. That way my brain can focus on other aspects of the competition rather than, you know, my movement. <laughs> and now uh, I also do body reviews like you were mentioning i actually uh always post some clips from almost every tournament i go to uh you know i actually posted one earlier today where i actually cheesed the absolute hell out of the stock from a player just by like i think i killed him at 30 percent in the game which is super early yeah but uh i i take time to look at the vods because that's how you learn where your mistakes are in neutral because you know you can think about it you know thinking back to a game and probably pick some stuff but you're never going to be able to fully grasp it unless you see it visualize it and actually gives you more of a way to brainstorm different different ideas that could potentially make you do better in that situation so i always like going back to my vods win or lose because there's always going to be something to grab even from the sets that i won 3-0 like there's times where people are doing certain things that i could be like oh i could do better next time on that you know let's not do that and then basically the only other thing when it comes to any sort of training that I do sometimes is uh, if I really need to, if there's specific like moves, specific frame data that I'm not sure of, there's certain sites I'll go on to look at the frame data, look at like when this move is active, when does it end, how much impact does it have, how does it react to shield, can I spot dodge the move time, certain stuff like that. You know, there's websites out there that help with all that and that's usually the last resource I'll go to when it comes to my training stuff. And, and I and I never realized how much went into it. Like I just thought people were always like skilled at it, you know. Because me personally, I'm terrible at Smash, but I I've never put in the time, you know. I, I never realized like how much as you were explaining it, as far as like how it reacts to the shield and stuff like that. No idea that it had like that much of an impact. So the fact that your brain can 
hold that capacity and think about that stuff in the moment is insane to me. Smash Brothers has always been like in the FGC scene, the fighting game community has always been looked at like by, you know, KOF, Street Fighter, those kind of players as, you know, like not as difficult, which in certain aspects, that's true. You know, with a certain fighting games, there's like huge combo strings that you have to perform and memorizing those combo strings can be pretty difficult and also executing them can be difficult at times too. But there's other aspects with Smash that make it just as difficult, if not sometimes even more difficult in other ways. Like with Smash, compared to like Street Fighter, you get a hit in Street Fighter, you can, if a combo's true, it will work because every hit will connect. And Smash, you can actually influence how certain combos work and don't work because you can influence the direction you get hit from each hit. And also understanding how that works allows you to survive longer. So, like, there's been times where I, like, survived, like, 170, 180. How am I doing that? Well, I'm actually using the analog stick and the C stick to put in certain directions that allows to change my direction of which I'm sent off the stage. And that stuff, little stuff like that allows you to survive longer or get different combos or out of different combos, you know? Some people have to read, like, where are they going to do this influence towards, you know? Because while people are doing certain attacks, you can influence which is called smash di or smash directional influence which is where they're hitting you with a multi-hit you can just kind of walk uh whack the stick in one direction mm. and it will uh, it will allow you to move the characters slightly it completely changes the game for some combos against certain characters like for example mario with the down air uh his move that makes him spin around it's a multi-hit and people can make certain moves after that not connect like mario's like to go for an upper usually afterwards if you can DI it correctly, you can make that not true. So, gotcha. it's just, I, there's a bunch of small little stuff like that that just makes the game difficult sometimes. Oh yeah, uh, you, listen, you don't have to tell me. I, I, <laughs> I normally play. I think uh, Kirby. I think is the one that I normally go with, just because uh, to me he's easier as far as like learning combos and stuff like that. But I get destroyed, so more power to you. But I know. Mitch and I were watching, and every time there there'd be moments as far as like you were talking about precision and stuff, where you are on the edge, like you kick your guy off the stage, right? And I noticed like you like to throw the egg, and then typically after you throw the egg, I've I've noticed that you like go down after them, and it, it dude, you want to talk about the anxiety that we would get every time you would like hop down towards them, you'd get right to the edge of being, you know, off the, off the screen. And then you'd come right back up and get back on the stage. And we're like, how dude, <laughs> a lot of time spent on learning how to recover with that character. Like that character can be so easily like edge guard. If people know what they're doing against the character. And I just, Back in Colorado, just they kicked my ass over and over and over and over again, man. And I, I really got to thank that scene because that's where I truly had my level up, where I just got so much better than what I ever was. And that's just because, like, the players there, the ones that I talked to the most, like, they were just, they're like me. They just want to continuously improve, get better at the game. So they grinded and they also worked with me on stuff. There's stuff that they pointed out and worked back and forth with each other and grew each other up. There's actually a player over there that goes by the tag Enharmonia, or just N is what he usually prefers to be called by. He's right now third on their power ranking out in Colorado. And me and him played all the time. I'm so proud of him. But like, 
Yeah, just it takes it takes a lot of work to figure out certain characters with you know that have this kind of slight imperfections with their play. Like Yoshi, his upbeat is throwing that egg projectile. Mm-hmm. When it comes to recovering off stage, that doesn't really help that much. Outside of like you know throwing a hitbox out there, as well as it gives a little bit of height, but it barely gives anything. So if a player that knows how to react to that edge guards me well. They could literally just force me off stage, and then I'm dead at like very low percent. So they know what to do. So it, a lot of the stuff that I did with that, it kind of goes back to my movement stuff with training mode. I would always practice different ways to get back to the stage, air dodging to the ledge, you know, throwing eggs at different timing, just to make it more ambiguous on how I'm getting back on. So, so yeah, it's pretty funny that you mentioned that. <laughs> It, it was crazy, man. It was crazy. Now, as far as Yoshi, obviously, so, like, I've got a picture of your yellow and black Yoshi for Valkyrie up here as your profile picture. Um, obviously, that's your main. Has that always been your main? Or, or kind of t- walk me through that story. Have you won, oh, hell no. gone through I many tried. characters and so, everything like that? I, yeah. I went through quite a bit of different characters. Uh, back in Smash 4, uh, I started off as a Link player. Okay. And that switched to uh, you cut out. Cloud Sorry, was... I heard Link. What was after Link? Oh, gotcha. Uh, it was Link. Then I went into Mario for a spell, you. which is kind of why I still have a Mario today, because that was probably one of the longer characters I had for Smash 4. And then when Cloud was released as DLC for that game, that was my main character going forward for that game. Until, like, I think the last year of the game, I started playing Yoshi. And... But you would think, oh, well, he played Yoshi then, and he stuck with the character for a while. He probably went Yoshi in Ultimate as well. Couldn't be any more wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when the game came out, I was super doped that Pichu came back as a character, because I thought that character was so funny in Melee. Because it was literally just a joke character. The character damages itself, has bad hitboxes. Just, like, if you win with this character, you have every right to, like, you know, talk shit about it. Like, you yeah. earned that win. That character is just so bad. So it's like, I just want to meme on people with this character. I think that's so funny they brought him back. And then he ended up being good in the game for a short spell. Like, he was actually, like, one of the best characters until Nintendo's like, yeah, we're going to axe the, the rat really hard, get rid of a bunch of his shit, and now he's, like, only a mid-tier in the game. So when he got nerfed is when I kind of started switching around again. And then the middle of 2019, I kind of took a break during the summer because uh, I just wasn't vibing with the game as much. And I was also focusing on hosting a Smash tournament that was called A War Blitz 2. That had Dark uh, Dark Wizzy, it had uh, Salem at it before uh, situations with him happened. I won't elaborate on the, that too much, but uh, some really good top-level talent, you know, just came to this event. And we had, like, 300 people i think for it across all the games we had and it just it was a fun time but i wanted to focus all my energies towards that providing a great tournament for everyone as well as uh you know i kind of just needed that mental break because i was trying so hard to play smash at the time as well and i feel like if you don't take those breaks you're just going to wear yourself out so i decided to take the summer as a break period and then when i came back i decided to play yoshi and then i i stuck it from there now, have, has your name always been Egg as well in game, or is that like just something special you do because you're Yoshi? Uh, it's something special just for now. I kind of okay. change it when I feel like it. It's been <laughs> Egg for a good bit now because I keep getting funny reactions when people see that. It's like, oh, I know who you're gonna main. It's like, yep, you sh- you should. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, 
I, I just I love the tag and the reactions I get from some people just putting it in. So it just stuck for a bit now. But it'll probably change sometime here in the future. I'll probably come up with something different and throw it in there as well. It's 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 always nice. It's always funny just because every time we see it, we're like, "Yep, there he is!" All right, now it's time. <laughs> every time we see Egg, um, it's awesome. Um, I know you're talking about tiers and stuff like that. So something I like to do is I like to do some listing questions and stuff like that, just to get people out of the monotone kind of thing. You know, put your thinking cap on here. So what I want to hear from you is I want to hear your probably top five like worst characters right now in Ultimate, and then. I want to hear your top five, what you think is the top five, uh, like best characters right now in the scene. Okay. Well, I guess we can start with, uh, the worst characters. That's yep. a lot easier for me. <laughs> uh, right now, the worst character is Ganon by far in this game. Okay. The character just struggles so hard and so many matchups. Like I, I don't even know if the character has a winning matchup to be honest. And <laughs> That's, like, not good for any character. But here's the thing that's kind of crazy, though. Like, there's people proving it with these characters. Like, the next character, I would say, is Little Mac. And then there's a Little Mac player out there by the tag Peanut that's just absolutely wrecking it out there with the character. Like, he almost got top 16 at a 700-plus person event that had a bunch of top 50 players at it. Like, with Little Mac. A solo Little Mac. And that's a character... I would arguably say it's second worst. So it's like, it's crazy to even think that he's second worst and there's a player doing it that good with that character. And the same story with some of the other characters, like Dr. Mario would be my third worst. And there's players in Japan that prove it with him too. I actually think there's a Dr. Mario player out there that actually won a decent tournament with him solo. And that character just struggles to recover because, uh, like, with Mario, as you probably saw with when I was playing him at one of the tournaments, he has a lot of different options, like the cape allows him to stall, up he goes pretty far, and he just has high jumps and good mobility. Dr. Mario, as a character, instead hits harder, but he's much slower and has a worse recovery. So, like, getting that character off stage is like, what, what does he do to get back? Right. And then that's where it becomes difficult for me. Like, <laughs> you know, there's easily a bunch of different characters but like it's just super difficult to think about it like what would i consider hmm give me just a moment to think about that one i'm gonna go with the top five because i can easily tell you some of those yeah because uh steve in the game is number one who sorry you cut out again uh steve Okay. From my yeah, like all characters, he he's the best in the game by far. Like the character just has so many options that he can do. He can place blocks in the air to give himself another <laughs> jump. Like, and and then there's also new tech out there that allows him to like cancel like hits that he's getting hit by and all this other stuff. It just makes him absolutely ridiculous as a character. And it's like holy shit, <laughs> how they allow this thing through. Right. And then the second character, I would probably say is uh, Pyra and Mithra. Uh, that character just has really, like with Mithra, the whole idea is that Mithra is much quicker, does less damage, and less knockback. As Pyra does more damage, more knockback, but it's not as quick. It takes more, like, getting around with her. And just that combination is just so busted, it's ridiculous. 
Like, she can just, with Mithra, get to the other side of the stage in, like, a second. And that character also has something that's called Foresight, where mm -hmm. if you dodge at a certain time, she gets more time to react to your uh, move and punish you even quicker, which is ridiculous. And then Pyra just kills stocks, like, super early, because she's so fucking strong. Uh, third from there... I would probably say Roy, honestly. Because yeah. that character just is Roy or Ka actually I would say Kazuya. Kazuya over Roy. Kazuya Kazuya just that move touches you once and you're dead. Like almost. Like I had like I was playing against a player at uh Great Lake Smash that goes by the tag uh Rensuo or uh King is mm -hmm. what he prefers to be called like on streams and such. But uh he's a pretty solid uh uh Kazuya player that's been coming around and he's starting to cause me some troubles. <laughs> uh like, I know I got a 3-1 victory over him at Great Lake Smash, but he was consistently starting to take me to last stock most of the games and making it very difficult to do stuff against him. And it's just like, it's because that character just touches you once, and then you're at 80 or you're dead. And it's that's just how the character plays. Literally, you just have to, like, try not to get hit. If you get hit, then, like, you have to pray that you just don't die from it. <laughs> right. And then Roy kind of does similar stuff to that. Like, Roy kills so early in certain situations like you can easily like do a jab in the back there which just sets you up for the spacing for back there to easily kill at like 80 90 easily at the ledge if not even closer to the middle stage that would even probably kill it's that strong it's ridiculous and just other combos like a uh, side b is called dancing blade he that move does if you space it right like 30 to 35 percent and can kill like at 60 at the ledge like it's just ridiculous ridiculous it's strong and just you can just and also that character easily moves around the stage like you can get that character from one side to the other super quick and that's kind of like the story of this if your character can move around really good yeah as or has this can kill you off one hit you're gonna do really good and that's you know like i said that's kazio you know he's the one touch death monster uh pyra mithra are the speed demons and then honestly for fifth best i would say is sonic because that character like there's right now only one person that's really doing it super well with him and he actually goes by sonic with an x at the end rather than a c mm -hmm. and he's been proving how dumb this character is because he can just get a hit on you then he can just run away and then take chip damage and then force you to have to play his game his speed like, literally, because of how fast Sonic is, he slows the game down to a halt. Because now he's camping you, and how do you get to him? It's just, it's so hard. And, you know, it's actually, funnily enough, I actually had to play a Sonic player at the Great Lake Smash tournament as well. And in that matchup, I'm always running away, I'm staying at the other side, I'm holding <laughs> shield, I'm trying to make the Sonic come to me, and it's just, it's rough. But you have to play his game, and that's easily what makes Sonic a top five character for me, because he is the best character at playing his game outside of Steve. Steve is the only character I would say has his own game that's better than that. But Sonic, as a character, can play just as good of his own game as Steve can. Gotcha. Gotcha. If you, um, and I know that I want to hear a hot take here from you. If you had to like add one character from any any universe, any any video game universe, what would it be? And then I want to hear which character you want to see gone, like taken out, like you don't want to see him anymore. Probably Luigi, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that Mario brother out of here. Screw him. <laughs> uh, 
No, it wouldn't be Luigi. I would say Luigi would need a moveset restructure, but I wouldn't mm -hmm. say remove him. Um, honestly, I would say it's Steve at the moment. Um, the character is just way too overtuned, and I don't know how you can make him work without ruining his identity, honestly. Like, I think some stuff could be fixed, but he's still going to be such an overtuned character with the blocks and all his other stuff that he's able to do. It's just, I, I don't know how they could translate it to work without destroying some of the identity the character has. So it's like, I, I love the character. I think he's a funny addition, and I think it's cool. But in the sense of competitively, it, and that's how I'm looking at it, uh, I, yeah, I just, I don't care for him. It's just, he has too many things that he can do. And especially with the game not being updated anymore, yeah, I... Easy axe, he could be out. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> easily heavy from Team Fortress 2. I, I would love, or Scout, heavy or Scout from Team Fortress, I think would be such a funny but cool concept, especially for the sense that I think would be cool, where if it was heavy, some of his different special attacks actually utilize the other classes to do different stuff. And I think that'd be such a fun, unique mechanic to have, you know, like, for example, downbeat could be like a medic heal, you know, like medic comes out and heals, you know, the heavy for a little bit. So stuff like that to also make it, you know, cohesive for what Team Forcers 2 is, you know, as a team game that you have to cooperate with other players and, you know, doing that would easily help with that. And I also just the music, <laughs> the music's like a number one thing for me with that. I love Team Fortress 2 soundtrack. Um, well, I, yeah. I, I noticed that you use, I believe a game, a GameCube controller, correct? Correct. Is, is that pretty standard in the smash community or is, do you see like people using any different controllers or anything? Or I, I, I imagine it's pretty standard for the GameCube, but I, again, I'm not in the scene. So, um, yeah, it's, it's standard. The GameCube's the most common you're going to find from people. You know, it's what Smash has been played on for the longest time. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is other controllers, other options that people use. You know, the other most common one is the Pro Controller. You know, that works just as well as, you know, a GameCube controller. The only reason why I don't use that is because at tournaments, at bigger tournaments, there can be, because it's a wireless controller, there's input delay sometimes because of the frequency that it has to use to connect with the switch and when there's so many in the same room trying to do the same thing it just causes delay like one of my friends uh chadley went down to an event in detroit here this past weekend and uh he said that his uh one of his losers round matches he had like felt like two second delay for input, which is just ridiculous like imagine having two second delay in like valorant or CSGO, like, that would just absolutely kill any sort of synergy you can have with your team because then you're trying to fight against that. And it's very much the same story with uh, Smash, which is why I avoid pro controllers. And then the last one I would say that you see, which is not super common, but it's starting to become a little more common, is what's called a Smash Box, which is basically the equivalent of, like, a fight stick for Smash. So it basically just puts all the inputs on buttons, like a you know fighting stick controller, and then instead of it like fight stick analog on there, it would just be four buttons for the inputs. Since Smash doesn't need like upwards as precise, and 
the only characters that really need those precise angles is some of the DLC. So mm. it's, it works really well for like um, one player here in Northern Michigan actually uses a box and he uses it for Peach. And those buttons allows for uh, more precise inputs for the floats that she has because her floats, uh, you can instantly start the float like at ground level by doing certain inputs and doing it fast enough allows for different combos to happen. And by what he says, the box allows for that to happen more consistently. And it also, an, another issue with the GameCube controllers is that it eventually, you know, can form carpal tunnel. So the yep. box controllers are a good alternative to avoid that problem. Gotcha. Uh, for me, I, I just, no, go ahead. No, go, go ahead. ahead. You were talking. I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. <laughs> You're good. Uh, the GameCube controller I primarily use, you know, the Pro Controller would be probably my preferred if it didn't have that delay. Mm -hmm. The GameCube controller, I've been using it for so long at this point that it's super natural for me. And honestly, the GameCube controller is a pretty solid controller for what it is. It's not the best when it comes to, like, maybe playing a, a shooter. But when it comes to, for you know, the games that Nintendo designed it for, it works really well. Hey, listen, all I know is the GameCube controller for Resident Evil 4 was amazing. I'm just... <laughs> that, that chainsaw controller? I oh. know, dude. I want that so bad. Dude, it's so dope. Have it'd, you be, seen... it'd be so funny to just show up. Have you seen the, the remake is out on Steam and everything like that? I know, dude. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's I, funny that it came out on the GameCube saying only four, and now it's like, oh, well, now it's like uh, Skyrim, yeah. where it's just on everything. <laughs> it's on everything. And I have played and beaten it on every single platform GameCube, PS2, uh, PS4, PC, VR. And now, uh, as soon as I get the money, man, I'm going to get the, the remake and do it again. Just because I hear there's some crazy things like. The knife is now consumable, like it can break and stuff now. So that's kind of cool. Really? Yeah. Now you can't. That is kinda, cool. You can't cheese your way through. Like before, you could literally like pop a zombie in the knee, and then go up and either kick it or suplex it, and then just knife it to death to save ammo. But now, apparently, it breaks. So I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting. That's actually a really good change because that is something I did a couple times younger to get by some harder parts to save that ammo. So the fact that they did that makes it where you actually have to challenge yourself. So that's a good change, I would say. It's going to make it more interesting. Yeah. The VR was a lot of fun as well, um, it, it, just because it's very immersive, especially for somebody that played it so much and you know like different spots and stuff to look at. To actually, like, immerse yourself in that world is, is pretty insane. Like, I imagine one day you could uh, play, you know, Smash in VR. Like, and like not, and not as far as, like, you as the character, but, like, you're, like, in the world controlling your character. That would be pretty, that would be pretty insane. Actually, funnily enough, <laughs> Nintendo uh, with their Labo uh, set, experimented with that hmm. uh they had the like a uh, vr goggle set that they made and they actually made a mode in smash that is supposed to mock that vr thing that you were just talking about obviously it's not the greatest because you know it's just <laughs> putting the switch in your face and such but they still experimented with it to some form so it's just kind of funny that you mentioned it because uh i i would hope that they would try to do that i think yeah. it'd be really cool to see what they could do I think it's only a matter of time. And I mean, honestly, right now with the VR capabilities where you can like 
go to like a virtual living room and sit on a couch and play games with your friends and stuff. It's such a cool aspect, especially for like people like me that are older now and you don't have time to spend with your friends like you once did. It brings that nostalgia factor back in. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool, man. I love that technology. Same. I agree. But speaking of video games, obviously we are an esports organization and everyone pretty much is uh, infatuated or slash addicted to video games. So that's something I always like to bring up as well is I like to ask my guests, you know, where did you get your start in the video games? You know, obviously you had to have a start somewhere in order to get where you are today. So where did you get your start, man? What was like your first console? You know, what were the first games you played and stuff like that? So um, video games has always been a huge part of my life Mm -hmm. ever since I can remember. Uh, My brother had, you know, different video game systems and he's also into video games as well. You know, he's the one that got me playing Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, uh, a bunch of different RPGs when I was younger. As well as he's the one that introduced me to Smash to begin with, with uh, Melee on the GameCube. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, uh, basically I would get his hand-me-downs as well as some of my own stuff. Like I had my own GameCube when I was younger, and I remember playing uh, SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom and all these other cartoon-based video games because that's you know what I enjoyed as a kid was that kind of <laughs> kind of games, and you know. Over the course of time, that uh, fixation with playing the games eventually turned into me wanting to collect them as well. I actually have about a collection that has, like, I would say probably 2,000 individual titles at this point. Uh, From over the course of time, from collecting from different yard sales, thrift stores, and also, you know, buying from people and trading and bartering back and forth, I built a collection up over time that I... (laughs) I'm still trying to play a good some of the games out of, <laughs> but uh, yeah, one of the one of my favorite systems I would say the most impactful that made me stick with games though is usually the original PlayStation. Um, there's a game on there called Ape Escape that yes. me and my mother, like we, my mother and I, we played that game all the time. That and uh, Frogger. We both played those all the time with each other, and, you know, just how much fun I had with her sitting, going through the game, trying to catch all these monkeys and trying to get to the end of the game. And there was a point where we got super stuck, and we were just so so frustrated trying to figure out how to get past this one course and solving it together. It's just, that's that's what I love about games. It, you know, brings people together as well as it allows you to escape into a different world to, you know, just enjoy yourself somewhere else for a moment, whether that be with other people or just by yourself. You know, video games are a great, you know, way to just step outside of reality for a moment. And that's what I'll always respect for it because I have not just great memories with individual games, but a good sum of friends I've made, a lot of connections and a lot of memories that I have have come from playing video games with friends at different events, at their house, you know, just, you know, it's just, it's impressive how just a simple medium can connect so many people and make multiple different memories and multiple different friendships over many different years. And just, yeah, that's, that's easily the reason why I, I love video games, especially competition, because it brings people together. A hundred percent. And now you've got me wanting to find an emulator of Frogger, by the way. Because I had <laughs> I had Frogger for the original PlayStation, 
Oh, uh, and Ape Escape. So I actually never owned Ape Escape. I had like a demo disc that had it on, and I would oh play my it gosh. over I, and I'm over and over again. I will find this real quick, and I will turn on this really crappy camera for a split second. But <laughs> I find it so funny you mentioned a demo disc of Ape Escape. When one of my favorite things I have in my collection... Is this right here? Oh, it's frozen, but I can I can Wait, make it out. I, I see Ape Escape. Oh man! Do you see it? I yeah. don't know if my. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I miss it so much. Yep. We'll have to get Zach to put a like a picture. We'll get him a picture of it uh, so we can put up here on the screen. Um, but I can't remember I, what I all could... it had on it. The demo disc I had. I think it had, uh, I think it was medieval. Oh, so it's like an underground multi-pack. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sort of deal. Yep, yeah, had... the disc I was showing you was actually a very specific uh, disc just for Ape Escape itself, which gotcha. is, uh, I think it's like the first couple worlds or levels in the game, mm -hmm. and the, that's it. But it was a Walmart exclusive that they handed out, you know, to get people interested in the game, so... I gotcha, man. Oh, yeah. I, I, so speaking of, I was going to bring this up as well. It, it looks like you love collecting the like PlayStation discs and everything like that. Is that, is that your most prized possession or do you have like another, like what, what's your top disc that you own right now? I wouldn't even say it's a disc. I would say it's a cartridge Okay. that is specifically for the NES. And it's not an expensive cartridge by itself, but it's because I have it complete in its original box with the manual. That makes it so special to me. Uh, I have the original Super Mario Brothers in box. Holy cow! So, I, I back when I was in Colorado, there was this huge, and I mean fucking huge, it was ridiculously huge community yard sale. Just yard sales for miles. And it was just like, I had to hit it. I had to go there. And I had a really fucking solid day. I had some really good games for very cheap prices and was doing super good. And then the last sale of the day at like five o'clock, I went up to this house and uh, these two guys were helping their dad. who was uh, his wife just passed away at the time, which fortunately, you know, they were super old. The guy was in his nineties and his wife was almost pushing a hundred. So they, they had a great life. Mm -hmm. But uh, they, he wanted to move out of the house he was in because he just couldn't maintain it anymore by himself. So, you know, his sons were helping him get everything out. And I'm always the person to ask, like, hey, do you have video games? Mm -hmm. And when they told me that they sold some Atari stuff, I was like, well, Atari's cool. Do you happen to have, like, other games, like maybe Nintendo, Super Nintendo? And they are like, instantly on Nintendo. It's like, holy shit, we forgot we had our Nintendo stuff down there. So they came back up with the deluxe set, the box that had Rob in it, oh, wow. brought that up along with a bunch of cartridges on the side. And initially the guy's like, I know this can go for a bunch online. And I was like, well, that's probably it. I'm probably not getting this because they're going to look it up and see that it's like a good, you know, $7,000 lot probably. Yeah. And then uh, the other guy was like, oh, yeah, uh, I've seen this go for, like, probably 200, 250 easy. And I was like, I'll do 200 right now. Yeah. And they're like, really? And I was like, yeah, I have it on me. I'll give you 200. Gave it to them instantly and drove off. And 
when I got back to the house, uh, actually, funnily enough, I didn't even know I had the boxes initially because the deluxe set system box I thought had the styrofoam in it and the weight from it. That's what I thought it was. It ended up being all the boxes and manuals for all the games he had. Oh, so, so like I got home and opened that up and I was like, huh, that's interesting. And then Mario Brothers just happened to be one of them in there, and it's like in pristine condition almost. Like there's like one of the flaps that's like in the inside, like on the side, is ripped off. That's like about it. Oh, have you uh, have you thought about getting it encased and graded, maybe or? Uh, not graded because it's not like a sealed game. I would only really want to do that with sealed. Gotcha. Makes sense. But I do have a protective case with it, though. All my NES games that I have that are boxed right now have a case on them. Gotcha. That's awesome, man. Oh, I mean, I, I can't remember how many nights, hours, and days I've put into uh, Super Nintendo or just straight NES games as well, especially Mario Brothers. Oh, my goodness. Dude, the Super Nintendo is one system I really love as well. Like, you know, I have Donkey Kong Country. I almost have the whole series in box. I'm just trying to find the third one right now. Uh, I got Super Mario RPG in the box. It's one of my favorite RPGs out there just because it's one of the first ones that I bought for myself specifically to play. And that just, I have so many memories playing that game. So having it in the box is super cool. And yeah, like I, video games, like I said, they just, allow me to escape, you know, reality for a moment. And I have a month of memories with them. Um, where did you get your start with smash? Like when was the first time do you, do you remember like the very first time you ever played it? Like who brought it or who bought it and stuff like that? So, yeah, like I mentioned uh, earlier, it was my brother that actually got me into smash. Uh, we gotcha, played it okay. all the time when I was younger. Like I, I was only like two, three years old playing that game with him. Because uh, the game came out in 2002. I believe it was 2002 that the GameCube came out. It was only like two weeks after the GameCube came out, Melee yep. released. And uh, my brother got it at the time. And yeah, I played it with him being a two-year-old. I even destroyed one of his controllers. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, being a young kid, you know, I like to chew on shit. And, you know, his controller kind of became, a, you know, a catastrophe for that one but yeah um, i think we've all like been there like if you have siblings or like younger family members like you get that one like secondary controller that's kind of beat up and everything and you just let them have it you unplug it and they think they're playing right <laughs> fortunately i never had that situation where they unplugged the thing on me what usually ended up happening is that they would focus on each other and then if i came in they just bat me off in the game like <laughs> go back like i would try to come in with my character and they'll hit me off back that way and then focus on each other and then i'll come back and maybe get a couple hits and then i'm back over there <laughs> like especially like uh there's a stage in melee that's called temple and anyone that hears that immediately knows that's fight club hour because uh, it, with Temple, there's like an area that's just like a box. Uh, and it's just like you can live to like 200, 300, 400 percent because you'll just bounce all over the place but never like actually get sent out. Yeah. So everyone just calls it the Fight Club. And that's what we did all the time, especially when I was playing because it made it more fun for them as well as for me because it's, you know, they were better players, obviously, because I was just a two-year-old. Right. Now look at you. Winning money. Winning tournaments. 
Yeah, the glow up. It'd be real. <laughs> <laughs> have you challenged? Have you challenged them or recently uh, after your? My brother, my brother won't even play melee with me. Really, <laughs> he's, he's he's given up on that. Like he he knows that I. <laughs> I mentioned the ideas match. Like sure, we'll definitely do that, and then it doesn't happen. That's like trying to get him to play risk, like. <laughs> At this point, whenever I play him, he gets super frustrated because he, you, when I was younger, he used to be able to easily beat me, and now it's like, man, I can't even beat you in any of these Smash games now. Now, I used you used to be the teacher. Now I am the master, or what? What is that? I can't remember that line from Star Wars, but yeah, kind of that same thing, pretty much. Yeah, I got you, man. Well, hey, I tell you what, man, we got a couple more minutes here. Um, why don't you go ahead and tell me the story about the YouTube? I know, I think we were talking about that before we started. Tell me the the origin of Zombrira, um, and then what all that entails as well. So yeah, so I'll start with the tag itself and the origin of both why I just go by Bry for Smash mm -hmm. as well as why I have Zombrira as another tag. So with Zombrira, to start off with that, um, I'm really into Yu-Gi-Oh. I love Yu-Gi-Oh. It's a fun card game. Yes. I enjoy it a lot. I don't think it's good as Magic the Gathering, but Yu-Gi-Oh had its aspects back in the day, I should say. When they started introducing, like, you know, these uh, synchros, XYZs, it started kind of going into that wacky territory. Yeah. But back when it was just, like, simple, you know, is the opponent going to do this move? Do I play a trap? Just simple stuff like that. Back like when it was Battle more simplified. City. Me and my brother, yeah, yeah. My brother and I played that game all the time. We'd play, you know. That was one game I was actually really good at against him. We went back and forth all the time in that card game. And uh, one of my favorite cards by the design of it is called Zombie. So just without the R between the B and the Y. And the reason why my tag eventually became Zombrira was because I was initially using that as my tag on my Xbox 360. And I have a friend that was back then was specifically from Colombia down in uh, South America. And when he saw the tag, he initially thought there was an R in there. So he rolled an R between it. So like Dombrira. And I thought it sounded so fucking cool. So I instantly took it and started using it. <laughs> so that's how Zombrira basically came was because a friend mispronounced the tag I had at the time. And then, funnily enough, Speaking of mispronouncing the tag, <laughs> uh, the reason why I have just Bry now is because when I started going to tournaments and I went under Zombrira, I would get hit with Zombrira. And mm. I fucking hate how that sounds yeah. so much. So I'd rather just hear people say Bree. So Bree then turned to Bry once people knew me more. And yep, Bry just kind of stuck around after that. That's like people that call me Seam. Because my name is Sean, spelled the Irish way, S-E-A-N. And I, I don't know how many times, man, I go and people are like, is it Sean or Scene? I'm like, would you say that to Sean Connery? No, you wouldn't. Like, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So I feel your pain. Yeah. I feel your pain there. Uh, but what was, what about the YouTube channel? I didn't mean to cut you off there, though. Oh, you're totally good. Um, so when it comes to the YouTube channel, um, I the biggest thing that got me into collecting was actually uh, I've always been interested in video games, but I never would have gotten into collecting to the scale of which I did if it wasn't for the Angry Video Game Nerd on YouTube. Yes. Uh, back when I was 
2013, I think. I think it was 2013. I was visiting my brother at his first place that he had on his own. And we had like a little get together, played some games and all that. And his friend uh, was just on YouTube browsing and the angry video game nerd, uh, specifically the episodes on game glitches popped up. And I just thought it was so entertaining to watch a video that was scripted like a show, but it talked about a video game, talked about different video games. I thought that was just so fascinating that I eventually wanted to do something like that on my own, which, you know, initially started with me getting certain games that I wanted. And then as I played more of those games, I got more enthralled with the idea of getting different games that I never played to, you know, see what's out there. And then, uh, Eventually, once I moved out to Colorado and I had uh, consistent internet, a consistently good internet, I should say, <laughs> I took the opportunity to jump at making this show a reality. And that's what I did. And I started with Ape Escape. That was my very first episode. And uh, it's not the greatest thing. I was learning how to edit on a HP laptop and using Photoshop and uh, premiere on that was absolute hell seeing the red line at the bottom as i'm editing all the time definitely made things <laughs> difficult because it was hard to play back what i was editing but i pushed through it and then eventually uh when covid hit i used a good some of the stimulus money i got to build myself my own pc and i just i kept at it until uh the final episode i did as of late i think was released uh earlier part of 2021 i think I believe so. I'm not 100% certain on that, but it was based on uh, just talking about the Game Boy. And uh, yeah, basically, I just I wanted to start my own game review show and have my own scripts and different ideas that I wanted to do for it. And yeah, it was only a small little thing. Didn't really get that big. I didn't try advertising it too much or anything. It was just something I wanted to do on the side during quarantine to, you know, give myself something more to do and, you know, fulfill that small dream I had of doing my own little show for a period. And while it's, you know, kind of on the side right now because I'm focusing on competing and all that, once I get internet and I'm able to start, you know, streaming like I want to, the plan is to stream the games that I want to review and have people join me and see how I react to it live. Like, specifically, one game that I really want to do, which is what I consider the worst game of all time, in my opinion, is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory on the PS2 and GameCube. <laughs> that game, you, you would not expect a movie-based game to be... Like, you would already expect a movie-based game to be bad to begin with. Right. This bad is a whole different ball level of bad. <laughs> like, I don't know how they fuck charlie and the chocolate factory up as bad as they did <laughs> like, it's such a bad game but i think i you know once i'm able to stream i thought it'd be so fun to go through some of these games that i grew up with as well as you know enjoy and show people like hey this, this is a really fun mm -hmm. game you should give this game a try or like hey let's have fun picking fun at this game because of how bad it is and i just think it'd be so much fun to jump back into it here eventually so the Zombrira show, while it's currently on hold, is definitely something I plan on getting back to eventually. Once, and once I guess there. as a little uh, wink. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Gotcha. I thought you said something. No, go ahead. <laughs> as a little wink, uh, one of the episodes I'm currently writing a script for uh, is actually going to be based on Cabela hunting games oh, because okay. I want to do a whole set based around you know hunting during that time. I want to have you know all this stuff for it and make a whole you know, theatrical out of it. So, yeah. 
I tell you what, um, where, where can people find that that YouTube channel? And are you going to be streaming once you get that fiber? I know you said hopefully it's around the corner, right? Yes. Uh, so my YouTube channel is just Zombrira, like we mentioned, Z-O-M-B-R-Y-R-A. You can just look that up or put Zombrira show. That would definitely pull up my channel for sure. And uh, yeah, with the streaming, uh, I definitely plan on getting that into that this summer. Uh, a company called Ascent Tech is going around up here, been putting lines in for fiber in my area, and they're planning to launch it this summer. And I know not only do I need it to want to do this stuff, but I've been talking with my mom on helping her with that because she's been wanting to sell a bunch of stuff online. So we've been talking about it and, you know, we're going to split that build to help each other out because it will allow her to sell different stuff as well as for me to do some of this stuff while I'm still situating, trying to uh, get the uh, streaming going and everything. Gotcha. Well, outstanding, man. Well, thank you so much. That's going to kind of wrap us up here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been an awesome time. Like it, it's crazy. I, I know I mention this all the time, but it's crazy just how fast an hour goes when you're like talking to people that you like, you enjoy talking to. Cause it doesn't feel like you and I have been talking for an hour. It feels like we've been talking for like maybe 20, hey, 30 hey. minutes. <laughs> yeah, really. I know it's insane. Um, it's always it's always quick but yeah. you know that's the fun thing when you're having a good time you know you, time doesn't matter a hundred percent man well we are proud of you we are so glad to have you on as a member of valkyrie we're excited for your future i know you're going to be competing in some events um go ahead and list out some of the events you're going uh you're competing in next month yeah so for april i'm a hundred percent going to be at crimson clash four down at ferris state university I'm going to be going to Get Cooked 3, which is going to be down in Lansing, which is uh, not associated with a college. It's just uh, an event ran by uh, KJES, which is one of the main uh, TOs here in Michigan. And then the next event that I'm going to be at is called Circus, which is a Michigan State University regional that's going to be going on. And then I have one more. It's a potential one, but it's, you know, I'm hoping to try to make it to it, which is called Stampede 3. Mm -hmm. which I was at the first two events. So I'd really love to make that one, but that would be so rough because that's four different regionals for just April alone to go to. Yeah. So, but I definitely, I'm still going to make that attempt to go to all four because I think it'd just be cool to get out there and prove my name a bit more because uh, as much as I've been proving it at the local level, I want to prove myself at a regional uh, eventually international level as well because i know with more time more focus and you know dedication especially with valkyrie you everyone here supporting me and rooting for me i just that drive is just even stronger than it's been before to do better and get better results and get better wins and you know not only just to improve myself but to hopefully be able to bring what I've learned from these different matches and different tournaments and bring it back to people up here in Northern Michigan and improve everyone up here. Like that's easily my biggest goal is just to improve the scene. Outstanding. That's what we'd love to hear. Well, we're going to have your back no matter what, man, in the future here. Again, thank you for coming on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed the episode, please drop a follow, drop a like, on uh if you're watching on youtube or drop a like if you're watching on spotify as well this has been aob and bry coming at you for another episode of the valkyrie podcast we can't wait to see who our next guest is gonna be but in order for that you'll have to wait 
until next time. But until next time, we hope you guys have a good rest of your day. Have a good one. See ya.